Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast. Let's get ready for some rivalry football games. Episode 128. As always, we'd really appreciate you guys. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Mac, Thanksgiving is officially done. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you had all that turkey that you always talk about. <laughs> hope you enjoyed all that turkey you had, Eric McLean. My ham was delicious. Just throwing that out there. But now it's officially Christmas time. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We are all in on the Christmas train. It is the best time of the year, KG. I hope your Thanksgiving was great as well. And all everybody listening, I hope you had all the turkey and all the sweet potato pie you could ever Gross. ask for. Listen, I was utterly shocked by our poll. I was disgusted. I was confused. And I was sad. So all our loyal fans out there. <laughs> You let me down. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway. No, they're just speaking their truth, Max. Speak your truth. I guess. I mean, some people's truths are lies, but sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it is hate week, KG. It is rivalry week, and I'm so jacked up. We have so many things to get to today. Some A little something different that we're going to do because this week is so impactful and so many great games and cross-rivalry games. Guys, we are going to pick each and every game of this weekend. Oh, so yeah. this is going to be like a three-hour podcast. It'll be fine. It'll be a lot of fun. You're probably dri- maybe you're driving back from the yeah, in-laws you need this. You or need grandmas this. or whatever. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks to make. Come I don't on. know how our social media and Photoshop team is going to handle that, but we will get that to them. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Mac, okay, before we dive into these games, it is hate week. You have rivalries. You have Georgia, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina, UNC, NC State. Florida State, Florida, Louisville, Kentucky, and then, of course, Miami Duke, a rivalry unlike any other, and uh, Wake Forest, Boston College. I mean, these, these are great rivalries, but I want to start with this because you played in quite a few Clemson-South Carolina games, and this year, the Clemson-South Carolina game is in Columbia. It's in Williams-Brice. It's a night game, so um, Godspeed to everyone. Stay safe. I hope no one steals a police horse this year. Mac, what was your experience like playing in Williams Bryce? I'm glad you asked, KG, because uh, it wasn't great. It, it's a <laughs> nasty place. Uh, I remember my my freshman year, we were there. A battery was thrown and hit one of my teammates close to me. Uh, drinks, food. It, it's just it's it's terrible. And listen, these fans will try to defend it and say, "No, we don't do that. We'll never do that." And there are plenty of pictures and videos. You do do that. And it's disgusting. I hate going there, especially as a night game. Oh, oh yeah. But I'll tell you this. It will be a great environment. They'll be jacked up. They'll be passionate, whatever, uh, for at least a quarter. And then it's going to be real quiet and real orange. It is hate week, all right? And Mac is embracing it. They do bring it. And, you know, they support their team through thick and thin. There's no doubt about uh, it. That's debatable. Well, you know, it's been a little empty this year. Uh, I, All right, look, I'm done. I'm done. Some I'm of those done. games, I mean, Auburn was pretty packed. Florida was pretty packed. So they're, they're definitely excited about the Beamer era. And so I think this is going to be a great environment tomorrow night. Just don't throw anything. Just just that's don't right. throw anything. We just don't use need your a voice. We don't huge, need projectiles. We don't need a full Coke bottle right. hitting someone. We, we just Golf don't balls. Need like, don't, don't channel your inner Tennessee fan right, this right. week. Like, just, and, just be normal. If you're working security, no mustard bottles should be allowed in. <laughs> Just saying. Or We've any seen sort of condiments. We have seen this before, people. Come on. Yeah, come on. Let's learn. Let's learn from the past. Okay, we will get to that Clemson-South Carolina game. Let's start with our big three breakdown. Let's just dive in. Let's dive in here, Eric McLean. We're going to start with these three. These are um, three ACC versus ACC games. We know we have quite a few ACC versus SEC because it's rivalry week. All right, let's start with this rivalry game, Mac. North Carolina at NC State, 7 o'clock Friday night on ESPN. So NC State will not know. They will not know about their future. All they will know is that they can win and wait and see (laughs) if Wake Forest beats Boston College. But all you can do is handle what's in front of you. And this game is Raleigh. I think in Raleigh that's a positive for NC State. But I saw Mac Brown's quote the other day. 
where he said Sam Howell is looking good. Now, is that a smokescreen? We know how quiet UVA was with Brennan. Then he goes out there and throws for 800 yards against Pittsburgh. (laughs) We know Sam's health is a huge factor in this game. It feels like he's going to play, right, Mac? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe last week was a little bit of a smokescreen, right? Kind of what uh, Pitt did, or excuse me, UVA did with Brennan. Uh, but that's the that's my biggest concern, and that's my biggest kind of thing with you know UNC is Sam Howell's health. You know, is he going to be able to play? Because that's going to be such a massive piece of this game. And does his health alter the game plan at all? You know, if, if he's not able to be this dynamic runner that we've seen him be all year long, you know, what does that offense look like? And I, I think when you see you know, Ty Chandler, can he help, you know, really just alleviate some of that stress and, and be, you know, the consistent runner that we've seen him time and time again this year? Uh, and then defensively for UNC, okay, what are we going to do? What, what what has NC State done really, really well the last four or five games? Pass the football. What have they not done well? They haven't ran it. So if I'm North Carolina, I'm getting in my nickel look. I'm putting as many athletes on the field as I can hoping and thinking that at least the, the defensive line and a running back at minimum, or excuse me, a linebacker at minimum, can contain their their running game that they might show. And so that's really what I'm looking at for UNC. And then on the NC State side, I mean, what an opportunity. Just win. Just do what you can control. Control uh, what you can, and that's win this football game. If you lose, it's over. There's no chance. But you know, in this rivalry game, KG, anything can happen. And, and these people do not like each other. This is a grocery store game, if you will, uh, where people can talk trash for 365, love the stakes here. And, you know, really, I expect Devin Leary to have one of his best games of, of the year. You know, we have seen him get it better and better and better each and every week. But can he have any of that run game that I was talking about to support him? You know, I think that that'll be one really interesting piece is, you know, can they run at all? Do they try to run at all or just let Devin, you know, really cook? Okay, so I was looking for this tweet because I and I want to read these numbers. And I'm just kind of wondering why Devin Leary is not getting a little more Heisman love. Maybe it's just this idea if you have more than one ACC quarterback in New York, the world will implode. I don't know if there's a rule against that or whatever. Uh, I actually and, just checked the rule book. That, that is the rule. So That only, is the rule. Only the world one. will explode. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense. So David Hale tweeted this out a couple of days ago. These are the players who in the past decade in the Power Five have passed for 3,100 yards, 31 touchdowns, and no more than five picks through 11 games. Geno Smith, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield twice, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Devin Leary. And of those players, you had a Heisman winner in Mariota and Baker Mayfield. I feel like Devin Leary is not getting the respect he deserves. We've been talking so much about Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman, um, I, I under, Brennan Armstrong, of course. What's different about Leary, I think what really differentiates him from those other guys is how he takes care of the football. Five interceptions in 11 games. This is not a game where I think UNC is going to be able to capitalize off of turnovers. They did that against Wake when Hartman threw those two costly picks. I'm not sure you can count on Leary doing that. I think UNC is going to have to bow up and get some stops. I agree with you. And, and I think it's so interesting of that list. A bunch of those guys were also Heisman finalists. So the, the Heisman love, if you accomplish what Devin has, has done, has usually been there, but not in this case. And, and so it's very interesting to see. Um, I think that is where a lot of that disrespect comes from is not, you know, recognizing what their guys are doing on a national you know, level. Certainly podcasts like ours, the ACC Network, we're giving a ton of love That's there. That's right. That's right. Uh, but but something that needs to be you know spoken about at a higher level. And, and he has great receivers. I mean, Emeka Mezzi, uh, Devin Carter are playing so well right now. Thayer Thomas. Um, it, it's really fun to watch him distribute. And I mentioned those three. Those are the, the headliners. But he gets so many people involved. It, it, it's nuts. And when we had him on a couple of weeks ago, he said, listen, everybody is a part of the route tree. Everybody's a part of the play. Like, there's not just a read. Like I'm going through one, two, three, four, and you know these guys know that, and they're running their route so hard. I think that's why you know our offense has been so effective. Is everybody's going full speed, and you know we've seen that translate to to big time success this year for Devin. Doesn't this feel like one of those games where UNC is out here trying to play spoiler in a rivalry situation? It reminds me, we always yes. talk about this with the Egg Bowl with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Right, whichever team <laughs> needs to make a bowl always loses like they just they hurt each other and this is a very similar situation UNC 
is can play loose. They're already bowl eligible, which, you know, <laughs> beginning of the year, that was not what we were looking for, but they got there. And if they lose, whatever, their bowl situation is still probably similar. NC State has so much to play for. Do you think that's a factor in this game, Mac? I, I absolutely do. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that UNC is trying to ruin their season. I mean, how sweet of a rivalry can right. it be to take away any opportunity? They have to have a lot of help still. So does you know Clemson and Wake Forest losing. But UNC knows that. UNC knows that if they win against us, they have a shot to go to the championship. Let's rip that away from them. There, there's no question. And, I mean, I, this is a bigger deal to these North Carolina schools, but with the win over NC State, they win the state championship again. You know, the, the big four right. matchup would have beaten every other North Carolina team. So there's a lot to play for, for from a pride perspective. Um, and then, like you said, NC State having kind of that pressure of, okay, can we get over this hump and just give ourselves an opportunity? Not get in. You already you know, kind of messed that up against Wake, but at least to still be there and be waiting. I, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be fascinating to see uh, just the, the – do you can you sense that? Is there any timidness from – NC State or nervousness and you know just you'll know right from the jump first first series we'll know maybe it helps that you know for a fact if you win this you're not necessarily in like you could win it and it doesn't matter maybe that takes a little pressure away Mac give me your keys to this game yeah really for NC State it's all about the defense and all about containing the quarterback run I mean how weird does that sound saying that that NC State should focus on Sam Howell the runner and then worry about him as a passer. I just think when he is running and, and has 100-plus yards on the ground, everything else is opened up, and, and, and he can really be dangerous in all aspects. So for NC State, it's contain the quarterback run. And then UNC, let's turn this into a track meet. That's what you want to be able to do. Go score for score and see if they can keep up with you because we have seen time and time again that when you're in that situation, a la Virginia, a la Wake Forest, you're feeling really good about your chances. My key uh, has to do with turnovers and, and Devin Leary's interceptions or lack thereof. I don't think UNC can stop them if they don't pick off Leary. So if Leary takes care of the ball, if he finishes this game with no picks, maybe just one pick, I think NC State will be victorious. Come on. All right, let's get to our next game here, Mac. This game is Saturday at noon on ESPN2. So Wake will not well, Wake, no matter what, even if NC State wins, they know that if they win, they're in. And this is another situation that really Wake as a program is not used to being in. You have this pressure. You have to go win this game. It, you're not winning this game just to finish 7-5. and five. Like This is a huge deal to get to Charlotte, and this would be your 10th win of the season, which would be huge. Wake is at Boston College. Wake's a five-point favorite. I have said this about BC, and as much as, look, we're, we're big BC people, Phil Dracovic, great dude. Loved having him on the pod. Sorry that you lost after we had you on. That's on us. But the two once Jerkovic got back, they beat Virginia Tech, a lifeless team, especially at that time. And they beat Georgia Tech. It's not very good. So then they play Florida State. Florida State boat races them from the beginning. Florida State really dominates that O-line with their pass rush. Now, I know Wake doesn't have the pass rush that Florida State does. But I'm doubtful on BC. I really think this is... I, I hate to say this now before Mac gives his analysis. I think Wake's going to win this game. I They're going to handle it. I might ha win it. Yes, handle it. Maybe. I think it's going to be a dog. All that fight. matters is a dub, though. That's sure. All Absolutely. that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a hard-fought dogfight. And, and let me tell you why. Maybe you change your mind, KG. Maybe not. When you look at this game and, and you see the aspects that are different from Florida State versus Wake, um, the the biggest thing in my mind is the mobile quarterback. Sam Hartman, is he mobile? Sure. Is he a freak of nature athlete like Jordan Travis? Absolutely not. So Boston College has such a great pass defense, but those guys had to be concerned about the quarterback running. They had to come up. They had to help. They had to you know cheat their assignments, and Jordan was able to capitalize and really just blasted them. That threat no longer exists this week. They can play back in coverage, do what they do best. The second piece, as you mentioned, was that, that there's no elite – front seven. There's no elite pass rusher. There's no elite playmaker on that front seven for Wake Forest that really got after Boston College when they played FSU. So now Phil probably has more time, can sit back there, make things happen. And of course, the rush defense from Wake is abysmal. We've seen that time and time again this year. So now you're thinking if you're Boston College, okay, is Patrick 
uh, Garwo going crazy? Is Phil going to run like crazy all over these guys? So for those reasons, I think this is going to be really, really uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, I'm with you. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think Wake's going to go out there and win by 20. But I, I would feel pretty good about Wake minus five. And I think, you know, everyone, tra- gosh, why is this becoming a BC hate segment? I don't mean it like that. But everyone's talking about, well, they're going up to Chestnut Hill, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be cold. It's not going to be snowing. Last I checked the radar. And it's not like playing in Death Valley. I mean, that's a huge difference. So I don't know. Wake has so much to play for here. BC trying to get to seven and five. But I hope and I think you will see a certain level of desperation from Wake. Like th- this is, this game could, could be a huge, massive win for your program. No, I don't think there's any question. So you really need to bounce back. I mean, you got punched straight in the mouth by Clemson last week. And, and you know, just get your confidence back. Go win a championship. I mean, as KG just said, this is massive for fundraising, for recruiting, for momentum going into 22. That This is a massive for New Year's Six opportunity. Bins. Yeah, for everything for Wake Forest. I mean, it's game-changing what they could potentially be doing here. So we just need to see their offense get back to executing at a high level. Uh, get that mesh point back going, similar to Wake Forest, your defense. Boston College has no elite front seven either, you know, with their pass rush and things that they can do. So you've got to think both of these quarterbacks are going to have time. Both are going to be able to sit back and cook. So it's going to be, okay, whose pass defense is better? And historically, outside of last week, that's been Boston College. So I can't wait to see how this one plays out. So speaking of pass defenses, I think I know where you're going with your keys to the game, Mac. Yeah, absolutely. It's the offensive lines. That's what you thought, right? Of course, obviously. (laughs) So both of these O-lines really struggled last week. And and so when you see that, I think this game's simple, KG. I think it comes down to whose offensive line plays better because whoever does, I think they win the football game, whether that's protection, whether that's running the football. um, I think it's going to be very telling uh, the first couple of series whose offensive line is performing better. That team ultimately wins the game. My key for this game is is a number, and it's the number 35. Wake had scored 35 or more in every game until the Clemson game. Because Wake's defense has still struggled, there's no secret about that. I think you have to score 35 to feel good here. I think you can win this game 35-27, something like that. But you're probably not going to win a game played in the low 20s with that defense. Yeah, I agree. And, and can Boston College run the ball and play keep away? You know, a lot like Clemson was able to do. It's going to be fascinating to see really what both of these teams do. Guys, okay, we just mentioned these two Atlantic games that very much so matter. So we just want to remind you guys of the clinching scenarios over on the Atlantic Division. For Wake Forest, it's very, very simple. Just win. Just take care of business and you're in. It's over. No one can do anything. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. For NC State, you have to clearly beat North Carolina on Friday and then Wake has to lose to Boston College. And then for Clemson, Little old Clemson, somehow still in this race. Oh, Lord. They do not play a conference game. Uh, so they are strictly at the mercy of Wake Forest and NC State both losing. If that happens, I will be unbearable and no one will want to talk to me. But it will be very interesting to see who's going to be playing Pitt in Charlotte. By the way, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I think the probability of Wake, a Debbie Downer for you, Mac, and for other Clemson fans, the probability of Wake and NC State both losing is pretty low. Listen, it Just is being honest. it is extremely low. I don't think anybody is is one of them's gonna betting win. the lottery on this thing. But Jordan Cornette says God's always on Notre Dame's side. He's a liar. <laughs> it's always on Clemson's side. And we might find out. We'll see. That's hilarious. All right, let's get to another bitter rivalry game. And a game that uh, one side normally wins. But this year, I'm not sure that's going to happen. We've got Virginia Tech at Virginia. 345 kick on ACC Network on Saturday. Virginia is a a 7.5-point favorite. That's a lot of points in this game. Where Virginia, sorry who's fans, always seems to find a way to lose. It's unbelievable how Virginia always seems to find a way to lose this game. It really is. But as you said, I don't think this is the year. I think Brennan Armstrong continues That's to light it up. That's what we always say. Nah, I don't know. I feel really <laughs> good about this one. I feel really good about this one. But you're right. I mean, maybe. There, there, weirder things happen. Uh, but Brennan lights it up. I, I think that his 
just it's so impressive to watch this young man come back. He goes against Pitt, one of the better defenses in the conference, and just does what he does. Goes for 8 billion yards, a lot of touchdowns. I, I think he continues to go nuts. Give uh, UVA their second victory, Kelly. Only their second in the past 18 years. That is so bizarre to yeah, me. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. But Brennan, 4,000 yards passing, 30 touchdowns. Uh, Dontavian Wicks has had such a fun year. Six times, guys, he's gone over 100 yards. I think those two have a massive day. I agree. I think there's no doubt Virginia is going to score. The key here is Virginia Tech, can they score with them? And I don't think so. Even against this Virginia defense, the Virginia Tech offense has looked bad and looks like they don't have an identity, mainly because they don't really have a quarterback. So I know, look, this UVA defense has not been good, let's be clear. But you still don't think VT can score enough? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know which team's going to show up. I mean, we've seen them score over 30 a couple of times. Uh, We've seen them score three and struggle to score three. So it's going to be very intriguing who shows up. What what VT? Because this is a rivalry game. You've got to think they're putting their best foot forward. Oh, yeah. You've got to think they're going to be playing inspired, similar to what we thought we'd see last week. But, you know, that defense, I mean, really thought that they would be a a big, big big-time piece of their game last week. Just got killed by Miami's passing attack. Now you're going against a better one with Brennan Armstrong and the things that he does. So it we'll, we'll see. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see what this one looks like. The other thing to watch is Virginia Tech needs this win to go to a bowl. So you have that desperation factor. Now, just being honest, let's be real here. With an interim head coach, there are some, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, there are some Virginia Tech players that might just be like, I want this year to be over. I don't think, I'm not yeah. sure if I want to go through bowl practices yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, I don't think that's crazy to think at all. And, and, you know, surely we'll see opt-outs. Surely we'll see transfers. I mean, all kinds of stuff will emerge, I think, from this bowl season. And, you know, it, it's sad to say, but it, it's certainly a piece that will play a factor in this, I think. Mm-hmm. And this game is, is at Virginia, which I think definitely helps because last year Virginia was the better team but they went to Blacksburg, and, and they could not get it done. All right, Matt, give me your keys in this rivalry game. Yeah, for, for UVA, it's super simple, guys. And these keys, they normally are. I mean, it, it's not rocket science. If you do this thing, normally you can get a pretty big win here. Uh, I'm looking at the defense, square in the face. Can you get a single stop when you need it? I'm not talking about, oh, Kenny Pickett slips and you know got sacked or you know sacked himself or the running back didn't hit the hole and now it's third and – 15 and oh incomplete you didn't get that stop Pitt got that stop they stopped themselves I need to see you make plays create a turnover do something do anything it's like that stick meme do something where it's poking you you're the thing on the ground please (laughs) you're the thing on the ground Virginia do anything on defense and then for Virginia Tech you talk about that identity you talk about you know not having great quarterback play, just run the ball. I mean, you, you've got a trio of running backs that have proven that they can go each for 100-plus yards. We've seen it. Three different guys, three different separate occasions. Let's just run. Let's just rely on our offensive line and go do what we do best and run the football. My key here is, is to really be careful when using logic in the Virginia-Virginia Tech game. Oh, no. Every year. Because logically, statistically, Virginia should win. I'm just saying. Throw it out the Most window. Of the time, Who knows? That doesn't happen. We'll see. We'll see what I do with my picks. We're going to pick all these games in just a second. All right, Mac, let's talk about the Governor's Cup. How Come fancy. On. Very fancy. <laughs> Kentucky at Louisville, 730, ESPN2. Louisville is a two and a half point favorite. In Cardinal Stadium, I think that's a big factor here. And Kentucky has had a very good year. They're 8-3, and three, but they lost three in a row in SEC play, and they really stumbled since the Georgia game. Their last two wins have been Vanderbilt and, I believe, New Mexico State. So you don't know much at that point. And it feels like Louisville is peaking right now. They're playing a lot better. So two teams that I think are on different, in, in different realms right now in their seasons. Here's, I'm going to give you a key early right now, KG. Take your key for the Virginia, Virginia Tech team and apply that to Louisville. Because as soon as you think you know, the team of mystery, 
pops their ugly head up, and who knows what the heck they could do. But I'm with you. I, I think that Louisville is right now playing very well and, and figuring out, okay, uh, Malik Cunningham is that dude. He, he is a guy that can absolutely go crazy scoring seven touchdowns and 500-plus yards of offense. And I think he's going to have to have a similar effort against UK to get this done. I mean, the last two years, Kentucky has just obliterated these guys, absolutely embarrassed them. And so I think that should serve as you know extra motivation of, of – you know, for Coach Satterfield, for this staff, get your first win over these guys because you have a quarterback that has been so special. He's second in the country, not quarterbacks, the country with 18 rushing touchdowns. So I think you let him eat. I think you let him go after it and really just let him be the guy that he is and just have a special night. Can Louisville's defense get enough stops and specifically can they slow down the running game for Kentucky? Right. Chris Rodriguez has been excellent for Kentucky. I, that's that's my concern, is is really the defensive side. I know Malik Cunningham's going to do his thing, but can Louisville get enough stops? Well, the, the good thing is that Louisville's only positive on defense is that they're pretty good against the run. They, they can limit the run fairly well, and so that's going to be a big-time challenge because, as you mentioned, Rod- Rodriguez, second in the SEC in total rush yards, the guy is very productive, and, and they're going to feed him. And they also have a mobile quarterback. So you're kind of facing a shell of yourself um, on the other side. So now it comes down to who has the better defense. Really, I, Kentucky's defense is, is better as a whole. And, and you know one of the best, honestly, in the SEC this year. So it's going to be very intriguing when you have – you know, when if I'm Kentucky and you're going against such a weapon that Malik is, you know, what's our game plan? What are we going to try to do? We have to know where he is and what he's doing at all times. And I was looking back at Kentucky's schedule. It's so interesting when you look at who they've played in the SEC. The most mobile quarterback they've played is probably Hendon Hooker, but he's not as mobile as Malik. No. And when you look at the Tennessee game, too, as well, I know they lost three straight Georgia, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. They really should have won that Tennessee game. They outgained Tennessee by 200 yards. They had some really confusing and bad turnovers. Tennessee just found a way. They had like double the first downs that Tennessee had. So this Kentucky team is is a very solid team, and, and they're trying to get to 9-3, and three, possibly a 10-win season. That's a big deal at Kentucky. I think the other factor, too, is that this game is in Louisville. I'd feel a little differently if it was in Lexington, but the fact that it's in Louisville is a big factor. Louisville and a night game. It is going to be bonkers. I can't wait to watch. We have so many great night games. It's crazy. This week alone, there's like a million noon games, just kind of like last week. Then the the midday games are, eh, okay, cool. And then night games, it gets ramped back up. So it, it's going to be a fantastic Saturday of rivalry football. KG, my key for this game, uh, it, it's the exact opposite of every other team that has played Louisville. And Louisville's key is let Malik go crazy. Just put him in positions to win. Whether you're rolling him out, giving him the option to run or to throw it deep, design quarterback sweeps, having an extra hat, give him every opportunity to do what he does best. And I think you thrive. I I truly do. And I think if you can let him throw the football effectively and give him time when he does want to throw and take those shots downfield, this could be a really fun game for the cards. I agree, Mac. Let Malik cook. I'm still, I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous about that game, and uh, we'll get to our picks. Okay, it's time for our speed round, Mac. We have quite a few ACC, SEC games to discuss. Four more games here, and we're going to give picks on all of these games. All right, Georgia at Georgia Tech. This game makes me sad. I am at a point now, and I've discussed this with um, all of you that are listening. (laughs) I am at a uh, fade. I'm on the fade Duke train and the fade Georgia Tech train. I think Georgia minus 35 is the play. Do you have any sort of rebuttal, Mac? Uh, On the Georgia Tech side, no, I don't. Um, Do you score a point? That would be cool. Um, Do you cross midfield? Might be a better question. I think if you do, I think if there's a way to do it, it's with Jameer Gibbs. I mean, number one in America, in the whole country, in all-purpose yards, averaging right at about 163 a game. He's so special. He's fun to watch. He touches the ball a ton of different ways, whether it's in kick return, as a receiver, as a running back. But, I mean, you're running into a buzzsaw. I mean, the best defense in the country, maybe one of the best ever. These guys are number one in total D, number one in scoring D. Uh, and by the way, scoring, they're at giving up 7.5 points a game. That's why Georgia Tech scoring would be 
It would be unbelievable. Really great. <laughs> be unbelievable. The next closest is 15, is double what Georgia gives up. I, I mean, it's nuts to watch these guys. Rush defense, fourth and sacks, third and pass. I mean, they're incredible and so fun to watch on the defensive side of the ball. Then offense, I mean, the best running back room in the country. They've got a one-two punch between White and Cook that is just so difficult to stop. The O-line has only given up seven sacks all season. That's number one in all Power Five, second nationally, only to Army. Does that even count? Army doesn't throw the ball. So they're number one in the country. They have a very balanced approach where they're throwing it, they're running it, and then know where the tight end is, Bowser. He is a freak. I did not realize he was a true freshman until like halfway through the year. And I was, I thought this was like a fifth year senior. And this kid is 18 years old, just destroying people. So it's nuts to watch Georgia Tech send up a couple Hail Marys, figure it out. Uh, Good luck, Godspeed. And that's about it. My key for Georgia, Georgia Tech is I'm going to pray on that. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for Georgia Tech. All right. Let's move on to some more fun games here, Mac. Florida State and Florida. Before the year, everyone thought, oh, who like this game will be an abysmal game, whatever. I mean, it's still pretty abysmal. Both teams are five and six. But there's a lot more intrigue because Florida State should win this game. Florida's fired Dan Mullen. Florida is an absolute dumpster fire, giving up 42 points and a half to Samford, not Stanford, Samford. <laughs> Honestly, lost to, to Stanford would probably be worse. It would probably be Maybe. worse at this point. They lost to South Carolina. They are a disaster, Mac. And this locker room, talking about not wanting to make a bowl, I don't think any of these dudes want to make a bowl on this Florida team. And I know who wants to make a bowl. It's the Florida State Seminoles. They want to make a bowl. So I, this game is in Gainesville. I think you could see, look, a half-empty stadium. You could see some boo birds. You could see some fans with bags over their heads. Like, I don't even think it really helps this game's in Gainesville. <laughs> I don't either, and it might be worse, honestly. You, you might want some type of environment that you would have got at Florida State, but maybe. I mean, it is a rivalry game. It is important uh, to these folks down there. So we'll, it, it, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see who shows up and who doesn't. But really, I mean, you've got two teams going – the complete different way. I mean, Florida has lost uh, four of their last five. As you mentioned, uh, that that one that they did win was against a terrible team. And then the Knolls are 5-2 and two in their last seven. After starting 0-4, who would have ever thought that they would finish the season 5-2 and two with a chance to be 6-2? and two? Uh, Florida State, let's do it. Let's go. You have to. You have to for the conference. Be who you are. Take some shots. Run the ball effectively and let JT be your guy. Give him time. Let him create. And then Jermaine Johnson, I mean, I think he solidifies himself as a top draft pick. He's been dynamic all year long. Nobody has been able to contain him. So I think they get after the quarterback who really does it all for them, and Florida just can't do anything. Yeah, I I don't have much faith in Florida here. I love what the pass rush for Florida State has been doing. And Jordan Travis, to me, he feels like they have found their guy. He's obviously in the offseason going to work a little more on passing the ball, but he's gotten better. You can see the improvement throughout the season, and his deep ball looks really good. He's incredibly mobile, incredibly dynamic, very, very, very tough to slow down. So uh, there's really no reason to pick Florida here. But again, with these rivalry games, you can say there's no reason to pick Virginia Tech. Who knows? I just feel like, you know, Virginia Tech and Florida are actually in very similar situations here. You have the fired coaches. You have these locker rooms who Virginia Tech, I would say, somewhat rallied around the interim at Miami. But I just I don't see how Florida gets this done. But on the flip side, this would be I hate to use the E word. This would be kind of embarrassing if Florida State loses. I feel like there's more pressure on Florida State. I agree with you. I don't want to acknowledge it, but I agree with you. If you lose, I will be very sad. <laughs> in this Florida, no one would have thought heading into this game no. that there'd be more pressure on Florida. No State. shot. No shot. But here we are, fighting EJ Manuels. Get it done. Do it for EJ. Okay, let's talk Pitt, Syracuse, and then we will talk Clemson, South Carolina. Pitt and Syracuse. I guess this is a rivalry game, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. Basketball, Big sense. East basketball sure. days. Big East rivalry. This is ACC Network Prime Time. Features Kenny Pickett, who should be in New York, needs to be in New York, will be in New York. There shouldn't even be a discussion. 
And look, Sean Tucker, th- th- this game, I know Syracuse still does have a lot to play for, by the way. And so does Pitt because they're trying to get to New Year's Six. But with Sean Tucker, Syracuse can can win a game because of Sean Tucker. He's always a factor. I just don't know if they can score enough because Pittsburgh, even though Syracuse's defense is very good, Pittsburgh's going to go out there and score high 20s, low 30s. I don't know if Syracuse can do that. They, they are. And we're going to see Kenny Pickett going against another great defense, a great secondary that Cuse has. They run that you know, 3-3-5 three, three, where there's going to be bodies all over the place. And we're going to see his greatness take another level where he can go one, two, three, find his guy, go to a check down if he needs to, and, and just continue you know, to be the best quarterback in the country. Uh, I mean, I don't think, Kelly, that anyone has played as consistent as he has. Now, we talk about the Heisman. We talk about these guys and, and this and that, and Kenny should be there. I am very interested to see, KG, with the way this season could finish, how much recent bias there's going to be. Because Kenny has been that constant. And some people have found out late, but it's always been great all year long. There has been no game that you can point at and be like, wow, that was a hiccup. That wasn't good. Blah, blah, blah. Even in his losses, he has career days and put up career numbers. And so it's going to be very intriguing when you see Bryce Young putting up 500-plus yards and, and just absolutely dismantling a defense. When you see uh, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State you know, put up six touchdowns in the first half, is, is great and really cool and fun. But when you look at the whole year, the total body of work, everything that they do and mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see as Kenny left out because of a big brand, because of a big name that's on the side of the helmet instead of what the player has actually done on the field. And here's the other thing, too. Alabama and Ohio State have become, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Bryce or CJ, but they've become plug-and-play programs. You plug in a quarterback. He's going to throw for 500. He's going to have these kind of numbers. Same thing with Ohio State. But Pitt is different. I think that has to be a factor here, that Kenny Pickett has elevated Pittsburgh to a place that they have not been in the modern era. Yes, That's a huge deal. And, and that should matter. I agree. And it's not some you know quarterback factory or, or Heisman Trophy right. factory where they have all these different things. But it, it's all that should matter. And I hope it does. And I hope people you know really actually think about this thing. I think they will. I think this is going to be the most intriguing Heisman race that we've had in quite some time. Yeah, it really is, which is fun. I want to add this about Sean Tucker, who you know, friend of the show, friend, of the, friend pod. of the show. He just yes, big friend of the show. He just broke the single season rushing record at Syracuse. This is from David Hale as well, another great stat here. ACC players with 1,700 scrimmage yards in a season over the past decade. Dalvin Cook, twice. Travis Etienne, twice. A.J. Dillon, Wayne Gallman, James Conner, Duke Johnson, Andre Williams, Gio Bernard, and Sean Tucker. Wow. That is a legitimate group right there. It's a pretty good list, and uh, he's a pretty good player. He's fun to watch. I think any time that you know, he's on the field, clearly Syracuse has a chance uh, it's just going to be interesting to see, can, can he get it going against this pit defense? I mean, that's what they do. They, they get after it. And then, you know, just with Syracuse, when they do try to throw the ball, how much time are they going to have? Because Pittsburgh's coming. They're, they're one of the best in the country at getting after the quarterback. This one could be ugly. It's a lot of points, but it could get ugly. And, you know, just how motivated is Pitt? I mean, they've clinched. They're in. They, 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 they will not really – get anything bigger by winning this game, but hopefully they're, they're senior-led, they're experienced, they're flocked in, and you know they handle business uh, later Saturday evening. I think they're also looking at the New Year's Six possibility. You can't lose this game if you're, if you're trying to get to New Year's Six. I don't think. You, you maybe could and still win the league, but you want to get to a New Year's Six bowl, and that's a big deal. Syracuse playing for bowl eligibility, and they're at home, so there's that factor as well. All right, Mac, talking orange teams here. Let's get to the Clemson-South Carolina game. 7.30 SEC Network. Is this the first time Clemson's played on SEC Network? It's got to be. Got to be one of the first. Perhaps. It feels like this game is always on ESPN or E2, and it's kind of an insult. It's a little interesting. It's a little interesting. But, hey, here we are. Uh, Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson's an 11.5-point favorite. Clemson is looking to win seven straight against South Carolina. And an even better, an even more interesting factor here, these two did not get to play last year, which sucked. We all (laughs) hated it. As two people that live in the state of South Carolina, fans on both sides were distraught. South Carolina was the only SEC school that voted to be able to play their out-of-conference rival. 
last year during COVID. That's what this <laughs> game means. It means so much. And I'm very excited. And look, South Carolina's playing better. They have looked good as of late, beating Florida, beating Auburn, uh, at least scoring the ball against Missouri, even though their defense is really bad. They've gotten better. My big question with South Carolina is, can they score and move the ball with Jason Brown at quarterback against this Brent Venables defense? And I really don't think they can. I don't think they can either. And I'm going to be a little bit nice here. I was kind of on the fence as you were just, you know, breaking down all that for us. Do I want to go absolutely ham and just crush these guys or, you know, kind of be nice and, you know, whatever, because crazy things could happen. I don't want a bunch of Gamecocks uh, coming after me. But as you said, they're going to come after they you anyway. Have, they already, they are, <laughs> have already started. And I'm just like, go do anything else. Like, get a life. But seven straight uh, for the Tigers, a, a potential here, the largest uh, to tie the largest in the entire series, also owned by the Tigers. Uh, when, when I look at South Carolina, I mean, the offense is is bad. They figured it out a little bit as of late and able to to put up some points. But, you know, they're second worst in the SEC in terms of yards, second worst in the SEC in terms of points per game. And, and Clemson's going to get after them. I mean, defense should absolutely feast. These guys are able to severely limit a fantastic Wake Forest offense, one of the best in the country, and I think we don't see anything quite far from that. I mean, these guys are third in the country in sacks with 40. Every season, guys, since 2014, Clemson has had 40-plus sacks. They're the only team in the country that can claim that type of streak. So they that's what they're going to do. They're going to get after it uh, all day long and, and really just force the Gamecocks into un, you know comfortable situations. And so I think when you look at the other side, when Clemson has the ball – uh, this defense from South Carolina is solid. They have a DB in Jalen Foster that leads the SEC and leads the country in interceptions with five. So they want you to throw the ball. They want to be competitive through the air. Uh, one of the, the things that is a struggle is getting after the quarterback. They're towards the bottom of getting sacks and the bottom of you know run defense. So I expect to see a very similar game plan from Clemson that we did a week ago against Wake Forest to run the ball. See the execution that we saw from Shipley and Pace. And, and so that that's really – I think this game comes down to that, comes down to the line of scrimmage on both sides, and ultimately you give Clemson that at that edge. I do think it will be a very similar game plan. Run the football, pass in spots. I'm at a point now where I think Clemson's goal, especially going into next year if DJU is your quarterback, your goal is to rush for 200 every game, which, you know, is not always achievable, but I think with the duo of Pace and Shipley, you're talking about um, Cook and Zamir White at Georgia. I think you might have that kind of duo at Clemson. And it's been a while since Clemson has had a true duo. It's been a lot of singular guys, ETN, Gallman, all that. But you're going to have a legit duo next year in Shipley and Pace, and you have them right now. Run the ball for 200 and then pass the ball in spots. If you can pass it for 200, 215, 220, have that kind of yards per attempt number that DJ had against Wake at, at 10 that's his best of the season by far, then that's a recipe for success. But if DJ use your quarterback moving forward, I think you truly become a run first team with these kind of weapons. And I think that's what Clemson's going to do in this game on Saturday night. Yeah, I think so too. But I think also the emergence of, you know, Dakari Collins and Bo Collins has really helped DJ and these young guns, you know, for whatever reason, just it's clear they have way more chemistry than you know, some of these other guys have. And, and maybe that's a little bit on DJ, you know, getting more comfortable and getting marginally better each and every week. And, you know, the other folks being hurt. So, you know, maybe we, right. maybe the it would have been consistency of just being available. Yeah, yeah. And, and then in addition to the tight end production has been very nice these last couple of weeks. So I think we're going to see, as you said, a very similar, you know, game plan and approach as we did a week ago. KG, in the spirit of Thanksgiving and overindulging, we are going to pick every single game from this weekend. But before we make our picks, our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week, tell our listeners a little bit about our great partners. Seaside Grown comes from a rich 120-year history of family-owned, sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country. Let Seaside Grown help you get ready for game day. Start your tailgate off right with Seaside's Bloody Mary Mix. Or maybe get you ready for Thanksgiving. Use some of those barbecue sauces as marinades. They have some great barbecue sauces. And the Bloody Mary mix is perfect for chili. You could throw some leftover meat in that chili. Have a game day chili for your Friday or Saturday games. I am a huge fan of using the Bloody Mary mix for their game day chili. 
Come on, KG. Well, I'm glad you brought up the barbecue sauces because I threw down this week. I'm sure you guys saw it on social media. I was back to smoking wings. I'm in Sumter, South Carolina. I've got my Traeger, so I'm getting after it. We're cooking all kinds of birds on the Traeger this this week with uh, Thanksgiving and a little pre-Thanksgiving festivity. So I put that sauce on there, the smoking blue, the peach bourbon. It, it's just so good, and it's so fresh. And KG, that's like all their 19 True Field to Glass products. They're made fresh produce grown locally or are from the other American farms that they partner with. Those products are then bottled in Seaside's very own commercial packing facility. By doing this, they provide unprecedented traceability for consumers knowing exactly where their food comes from and then where they are bottled and put into the stores and sold to you guys. Do yourself a favor, go to SeasideGrown.com, browse their amazing products, and when you've loaded up your cart and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15 and save 15% on your entire order. ACC 15. Let's go. Save 15%. All right, Mac, let's pick some games. We're going to roll through these and give you our straight up picks. Georgia at Georgia Tech. Georgia is a 35 point favorite. Georgia cover over. Super simple. I don't think I need to dive into that. I agree. Miami at Duke. Miami minus 21 and a half. This is a road game, but we're on the fade Duke train, Mac. KG told me to fade Duke. So I'm taking Miami. I'm taking Miami to cover. Do it. Do but I'm it. I'm taking the under. That's a big number. Okay. 68.5. That's a big number. I'm taking How the under. How many points is Duke going to score That's here? What, what are we doing? I'm wondering what's happening. I don't I don't know about that. All right. Pitt at Syracuse. Pittsburgh's a 13 point favorite. Because, a lot of points. because it is a lot of points. And because of that, and because of the motivation factor, I'm just taking Pitt straight up. I, I don't know yeah. where to lean on the points. I don't know if Syracuse could maybe cover. So I don't want y'all to lose money. So I'm just saying Pitt straight up. I don't know the others. I agree because Pitt has struggled to cover lately some of those bigger numbers, but Syracuse has also really struggled to score. If I'm leaning one way, it's probably Pitt, but I, I'm taking Pitt straight up, but I don't know about the number there. Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson's an 11 and a half point favorite. Go freaking Tigers. Cover and the over. I think they make a statement. I think we really see this offense continue to grow on what we've seen these last couple of weeks. I think they're going to be inspired. I think they're going to take all that negative energy in that terrible stadium and deliver it straight to the Gamecocks. The only reason you don't take Clemson to cover here is that DJU has been a lot better when playing at home. This is, a, this is an environment that he may struggle with similar to the NC State environment and the um, Dukes-Mayo kickoff classic environment, I might lean South Carolina covering. That's a lot of points. I've, I feel like they could score late backdoor cover there. I'm not mad but at I'm you. Taking I, Clemson, think, I think that's a smart pick. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this voodoo game, Virginia Tech at Virginia. <laughs> Virginia's a seven-point favorite. Yeah, I'm taking UVA here. I think they cover, but I'm going to take the under as well. I think 62 is a bunch of points. I think this could be ugly. Um, I I think it's going to get weird, as you said, KG, so take the under. Virginia wins because logic, ugh, but I'm not touching that spread. Mm -mm. No way, Jose. (laughs) No way. This game is flat out stupid. Okay, North Carolina at NC State. NC State's a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm taking North Carolina State. I'm taking NC State to cover, but I'm also taking the under. I told you guys, if this turns into a track meet, I think UNC wins. I think they're able to score more points. And because of that, I think the NC State defense steps up, contains them, and it's just an ugly slugfest on a Friday night. I think UNC wins this game. UNC plus five and a half. Sam Howell's rested. I think he's going to run all over this team. NC State cannot run the ball. That really concerns me in this kind of track meet game. And I hate to say this, y'all can come after me if you want. This is a classic Law of the Wolf situation. This is a classic Law of the Wolf situation. UNC does what they did against Wake. UNC is going to, this is what they do, Mac. They lose to bad teams. They beat good teams. I don't understand it, but I think this would be a very fitting end to UNC's season. (laughs) Listen, if it's a track meet, I'm with you. I think they win. But if it's not, I lean towards NC State. Okay. Okay. All right. Wake at Boston College. Wake's a five-point favorite. BC under. Ugly. I think they control the clock. I think they run the ball. And I think Boston College gets the big dub and rides off into postseason feeling really good. Interesting, Mac. I have become a Wake stan 
I've realized that about myself now. I think this Wake offense, it works against everyone except Clemson because <laughs> Clemson has the best D-line in the ACC and can move the line of scrimmage and get all over the mesh point. I don't think BC can do that. I think Wake is back to business. I think they're able to win this game. FSU at Florida. Do the Knolls get it done? The Knolls get it done. And here's a weird thing. I'm taking the over here. I think the Knolls get it done in a big way. I think this is like a 35 to 28 type game. Uh, so I'm really excited to see this. Can't wait to be with my boy EJ Manuel all day cheering his Knolls on. Go Knolls. I don't love saying that, but go Knolls. Did that Knowles. feel weird? On, Did that feel Knowles. weird to say that? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I'll be, oh, I'm 100% rooting for Florida State in this game. And I think Florida State wins the game. Last one, Mac. Kentucky at Louisville. Louisville's a two and a half point favorite. This one, I'm feeling a little dangerous with this one. And maybe this is silly to say, Ooh. but I'm taking Louisville. I'm taking Louisville to cover. And I think I'm going to take the over. This, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. I don't know why I'm saying over, but just what I've seen from Malik these last couple of weeks, I think he's going to score a lot of points by himself. I mean, other Louisville players will be out there, but you know, Malik is going to be the one <laughs> doing a lot of this lifting. So I'm going to take the over here, which may be weird. Other Louisville players They'll be will on the exist. Field. I mean, they've got to have the 11 field. guys, but you know, it's going to be all him. I hate this game. I want to take Kentucky, but it's it. in Louisville. I've been so wrong on Louisville lately. Whenever I take them, they don't win. I took them to beat NC State. Whenever I don't take them, they win. Malik Cunningham is just that special. And I think the Georgia game broke Kentucky in a lot of ways. So I'm taking Louisville. Okay. I don't feel great about it, Mac. Cover? I'm not. Oh, no, no, no. It's I don't two. Know it's, it's a field goal. I, it's two and a half, but you never know. All right. You Kel never know. I think it Kelly could be a game winning field goal. She's taking the cover. She's taking the cover. We will post these picks on Twitter, so make sure you go check them out at Kelly Gramlich, at Eric McLean. They will be up there and Instagram as well. That's right, guys. A huge, huge weekend. Cannot wait to see it all. Can't wait to break it down on Monday and talk about all this. And then it'll be championship week. We're going to have a great week for you guys next week. Stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun, but that's it. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. We greatly appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you all.